What's up? Welcome to Voices for Kern, a Time for Change podcast introduced by Time for Change, a nonprofit devoted to youth becoming agents of change. I'm your boy, Jovan Dangerfield, media personality and activist. I'm with my dogs right now. What's up, man? Introduce yourself. Oh, my name's Victor Lara. I'm a youth here on Time for Change, and I'm also on their board as a youth representative. We're here to do our thing. Hey, why are you in the game, man? What, what brings you to be an agent of change? Um... Just growing up, you know, my past, seeing like what these programs have to offer for youth like me, I want to go out and be able to make a change for the people, you know, just the youth that was just like me. I want to help the people that were like me. And so, you're yeah. doing just that, G. That's what's up. Um, I'm Lorenzo Martinez. Um, I'm a youth volunteer here. Um, I'm an ESL major. And I want to make change for our students, at least within the teaching community. I know that I want to be able to help more students, which is why I'm really passionate about sign language and speaking multiple languages and being able to cross that bridge with um, putting more people out there to help students. And I feel like we can do that starting from here. Awesome. Um, my main man. <laughs> my name is Jonathan Mewey. Um My passions, I guess, are um, in writing, anything artistic. Uh, my goal, I'm also a youth volunteer here. And uh, I guess my goal... To and her boo, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's put it out there, right? Maybe right? Yeah, if I had a boo on the pod, I'd be like, yo, my <laughs> baby, right? Okay, okay. Yeah, she's my baby. Yeah, I guess I'm a part of this program because, honestly, I'm just desperate for some new art, you know? I, I want to see some kids go into the art field and do some creative stuff. It's not... It's pretty rare out here in Bakersfield, I'd say. That's so awesome, dude. And you're a freaking genius, too. You forgot <laughs> to you. mention that part. Thank you. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we're here to do this thing. Um, as you guys know, we do all kinds of stuff. Time for Change kills all types of stuff. We did an interview um, a little while back with a local uh, dancer um, and leader of the community. His name was Luther. I know you guys remember it. And if you weren't here, you got to see the footage, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so we're going to cover that in, um, in, in our way. Um, today. So we're going to talk about that. Um, we all looked at the video and now we're going to be able to do some reflections on it and I'll just moderate it a bit and see how you guys feel. Is that cool? Yeah, that's yeah, cool. Y'all ready? Yeah. All right. You could um, bring up the video too if you want to like make any... Oh, references? Yeah. Okay, dope, dope. Um, now, as far as Luther talking about cultural gifts. So I remember he's talking about all of a sudden being this kid from the east side, people trying to come all the way from different countries to see him. And that sparked something that I wanted to ask you guys about. Um, why is it so evident that marginalized people's gifts, like such as dance and art, they give way to money, they give way to platform, they give way to opportunities. And we see that time and time again, but why is it so hard to believe for us or those of us that have not yet seen it yet, even though we know it's possible? I feel like the people around us because, I mean, me growing up, I was making music, too. I was rapping. and Okay. A lot of people around me were like, yeah, bro, you're not going to do it. Like, you know, it's not going to work. Mm. But, I mean, you know, Tell just all those off. negative thoughts, you know, and just seeing, like, yeah, I'm not going to do it. You know, there's no way I can do this. And especially me, for my town, ain't nobody make it out from there, like, mm. rapping or nothing like that. I knew that if I stayed consistent, I was going to do it, but I didn't. So, I feel like a lot of the times it's just, like, your community, you know. they like, Instead of helping you up, they just kick you down. Mm. And honestly, it might even start from home too. Um, I remember when I was younger, I really wanted to be an actress. So I got myself into like um, clubs like oral language and um, I felt really good about that stuff. I even won district in that club. 
and that took me to state. But my parents, they didn't like that I was getting that kind of attention. You know, they pushed me away from that. Wow. And um, growing up, I lost interest in that myself because I never saw myself doing it anyway because I never had their approval. So it also can come from home where they, where you want to do something and they want to encourage something else instead of that. They want to devi deviate what you want your path to be. Mm. Now, when your parents did that, did that make you want it less or want it more? Because you see both, right? You see mm. both, but um, I also know that they limited me a lot. I wasn't allowed to stay after school. Um, I wasn't allowed to read a lot. Of, like they, I've been grounded from reading books. <laughs> so my parents, like they were a little, yeah, no. They just wanted a different life for me. And I saw that if I stayed in that house, I was never going to pursue something I wanted for myself. I think it was the great philosopher Will Smith that said <laughs> parents just don't understand. <laughs> so that's a fact that I have. What about you, Jack? Um, for me, I guess I have my own anecdotes with that. I guess it's more of like, the way I see it, it's more of like, passions don't lead you. I guess they more like drive you. So for me growing up, I was big into basketball. Mm. Um, that was my like bread and butter. I love basketball. I still watch it till this day. But after a certain point, and it's funny because it kind of ties in, you kind of realize you're not necessarily doing it for yourself. You realize you're kind of giving up certain humanitarian rights in a certain case to achieve something that you don't necessarily know you want. Mm. So it's either you have that drive for that specific thing or you don't. And I guess for when it comes to art, I've always been more pertained to that. So it was always like battling with this internal conflict, like, okay, do I be the cool kid or do I be the nerd? You know what I mean? So I obviously try to be, be the, the cool kid and the nerd. That's what I that's what I'm working on right now, I guess, you know. <laughs> I, I've started to care less about that kind of stuff, but as a kid, a lot, all of that kind of means a lot to you. And for artists, like for art, artists, kids especially, they don't get that respect. And you hear it, you hear it in their voice. You hear it in like, oh, my art sucks. It's not that good. I wish I could draw like you. You know what I mean? It's it's not. It's like, I think it's it always comes down to like, just the parents, the adults around you, and then. Also, the people that are also like peers, you know, the the other kids. Sometimes those kids are interested in the art, and then they fall out. Why? Because they probably didn't get much faith put into them, you know. Wow. Now you may not have considered this, but um, we were at Longfellow Elementary. Shout out Longfellow. Um, <laughs> we love you. And uh, <laughs> that's that's yeah, let's that's keep this relationship tight. That's my elementary school. No way. Yeah, I, I went there for my kindergarten and first year. That was my first elementary school. What? So yeah. how? What did that mean to you being? Oh, out there? that was awesome. I mean, I, it was so fun, like interacting with the kids that were coming over here. Um, I was doing a sign that it was. Uh, I have a dream, oh, and yeah. I was able. Shout outs to Honor. Shout outs to Honor. Honor <laughs> okay. helped me with Honor. that sign. He helped me color it in. It was so fun. There was a lot of other kids. If I didn't get their name, that also helped with that. But um, it was fun to give that experience to kids, especially in a long in a in a elementary school that I went to. Mm, so you're um, giving back essentially. Yeah, that that was that was really fun. That was a really great opportunity that I felt that I can't thank Time for Change enough for giving me that. That was so fun, um, and I hope we get to do more things like that for the kids. Plenty coming. Lots of opportunities coming this week, next week, Friday, next Wednesday, all types of stuff. Jonathan over there being Van Gogh at the at the at the um, Longfellow, and you had a group of kids watching you create, and her as well, 
and they were in awe of what you were able to do with chalk, man. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. So they were looking up to you. How'd you feel about that? It felt good, but um, it's also like they they respect you in a way that's almost like, nah, come on, join in. You know what I mean? Mm. It's like they're kind of afraid to mess up my art, which is more of like, I don't care. You know what I mean? You guys are kids. Join in. Yeah. They're <laughs> looking just... at you like Mike Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Now, Victor, this one's for you, man. Um, Victor, I mean, Luther also talked about just people outside of the community because people inside the community didn't see him for who he was. Um, why does it often take people outside of our communities, marginalized communities or inner city communities or whatever it is, um, to to see our potential and then support it? I feel like, like he mentioned, like people in this community saying, oh, no, you can't do it. So like I have friends growing up, like they see me, what I'm doing, and they're like, oh, why is he doing that? You know, like, you know, he can't be doing that if I'm not doing this. Haters. So kick you down. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, like the people outside of your community, they don't see you like that. You know, they don't really know you like that. They don't know what you're capable of. So when they see you doing great things, they're like, you know, maybe you can do more. Because I had people do like come to me like from different towns. Like I remember, well, I'm from Lindsay. I remember some guy from Visalia hit me up too. Like, hey, bro, let's make a song. We made a song and it was honestly I liked it. I thought it was a hit and I was like, dude, this is it. That's but right. the people in my city, nobody wanted to do like some in my city. So like, you know, I feel like sometimes the people that are outside of your community want you to grow more than the people in your community. Ooh, that's, a, that's, a good that's a bar, actually. <laughs> Bust one right now. <laughs> nah. it's, All like, right. <laughs> it's like reverse psychology of um peer pressure almost. It's talk kinda about, talk about that. It's kinda like we said, you know, it's like um you know, people in your community see you grow. It's like, I've seen an interview with Snoop Dogg, you know, it's like, you have certain homies, you know, when you grow, like, you got to fill that gap, you know? Mm. Like, and the way you can fill that gap is if you come back down to them, you know, yeah. like, you come back up. But more than likely, you're going to have to come down to them. And a lot of people like myself, you know, I stopped doing music, so I came back down, you know, instead of like, keep going up, you know, bringing more things and stuff for the community that I knew I could have brought to the table, but Ooh. I didn't. But here I am trying to do some more and I still write music here and there. I don't record it like too okay. crazy, but I actually want to make a change with my music. I want to make it like a hobby, like, you know. Why am I barely finding this out? Bro? <laughs> <laughs> like, a year. <laughs> See what a podcast will do, bro? <laughs> Give no, me this change. <laughs> <laughs> Hey now look, Nipsey Hustle comes back down the service community ends up getting killed mm. in his own community trying to serve it. What do you think about that? Mm. People are afraid of positive change. They don't trust it. That I think it's paradoxical. I think he loves his community and his community loves him, but it's also like he kind of got too comfortable because he knows where he comes from. You know, he knows people are jealous. Yeah. It's just at that point, it's like, do I live with the, my peoples or do I move somewhere else? You know, because at that point, you're stuck with the predicament. Like, I don't want to leave home. This is my home. <clears throat> That's but isn't that Bakersfield's problem though? Yeah. Every time stuff gets rough, people move west. Yeah. <laughs> the east gets uglier. The west gets cuter. Yeah. <laughs> so it's almost like a catch twenty two, right? You, the paradox. Like, what what do you do? Do you stay and come around and go? I don't live in the hood no more, but I'm always there. And people do look at me like I'll rob you <laughs> sometimes if they don't know me. So how do you you know how do you feel about the the, the dichotomy between wanting to stick around and make change and also wanting to protect yourself? There's like, deep too. there's like a fine line on yeah. what you want to do, you know, like, I don't know if he had any security guard with him, but I would have, oh, you know, no. yeah, no, nah, he didn't, but, uh, I mean, he was in his own neighborhood, so he felt like he didn't have to, but a lot of times, like, like, you know, I said, 
the guy who killed him was probably envious. Like, hey, you know, you got that. We grew up together. Because I heard they grew up together. They were, like, from the same hood. Like, they came up together. 60s. And he's seen them grow up and do all these things. Well, he didn't do that, you know? So he was probably like, dang, like, how, how does this guy do it? You know, I'm going to just take him out, take whatever he has, and go about my day. And that's how people think. And, you know, it sucks to say that because it would be, you know, it would be so much better if the people in your community pushed you to do better. Because they're not just bringing you up. Like, like me, I didn't just want to come up myself. Like, I was like, I'm going to make a way for myself and all the kids that are behind me. Oof. So when they see that, they're going to be like, you know, he did it. He came up from the same place I did. I could do it, too. Why? Yeah, it's almost like an artist has to look for it because that's honestly what art is. It's like the blurred line between, like, life and death, pretty much. It's like you either get the support you're looking for, just like people get what they're looking for out of your art, or you just fall, you know what I mean, and then go do something else. But at the end of the day, that, that passion is always with you. So you're also stuck with that predicament. Do I want to do art yeah. or do I want to do something else? And it's always going to be art. It's, you know it's, I mean? it's that reverse psychology you were talking about earlier. Peer pressure, you know, they want to push you against what they know is good for you. Mm. You know, they don't want to see you grow or they're jealous of like your potential. Yeah, and they don't even realize it too. Sometimes it's like subconscious in a person's personality. They'll be like... Oh, no, that that's great because they love you. But at the end of the day, they're like, damn, I, w I wish I was doing that. Yeah. You know? And they want to pull you down. Yeah, or they're stuck in like this small town mentality where they feel like your dreams are too big for you. Mm -hmm. And they want to bring you down to earth and they don't want to encourage you to keep moving forward. But rather, they want to stagnate you. Is it because is it because where we have less one? Like if, if I have no dollars and you have two dollars and all of us are broke. Does it make us hate you? And I'm not saying that's cool, but is that a real thing? Where, where, like, you know, like, like in Auschwitz, they talk about the concentration camps with the Jewish people. If a guy had like bread and he snuck it, it was like a fine line between people being like, oh man, this guy, he got food, he's a G, or he got food, like. Gonna take them out. Yeah, take them out. Take them out. That, how does that play into our everyday reality? You know, we're talking about. I think about that, that has to do with character. Mm -hmm. like people can read they like to act like they don't because it's like oh i don't want to be mean or whatever but nah it doesn't take much to realize who someone is you know what i mean it just takes a conversation or a glance and for most people they misjudge people so they mistake this is the biggest thing they mistake like kindness for weakness every time so it's funny because it's like you can take someone out, but at the end of the day, is it really going to make you feel any better just because you got bread from that? You know what I mean? Some people. Yeah, that Some is... people, yeah, because it's survival, you know? That's their mentality. Mm. Then some for others, it's like, oh, well, I don't want to hurt my neighbor. I love them too, in the, at the most, like, basis. Wow. It's like we were talking about how, earlier when we were talking about how... Um, in the east side, some people are like, they're more to themselves, you know? And well, I was like, well, if you're more welcoming to them, you know, like, you don't know that person, you might get jacked mm -hmm. by that same person that you were welcoming to, you know? Where they're like, you, I told them, you know, growing up, I, I would see kids like, I'm like, dude, like, how do you have that? But I don't. Mm -hmm. I was like, I want it. I want that. Like, you know, what are you doing to get that? And then like, oh, you know, you're not going to tell me how to get it? Then I'm going to go take it, you know? And that's how right. they think. Like that, I told them, I was like, when I was a kid, that's how I was thinking about it. If you're not, if I can't get it one way, then I'm going to get it the other. And what do you think that that fine line is like? Do you like between hard work and privilege? That's that was a big thing too. That I you know remember how I mentioned like 
you know, a lot of them, like, they, like, their parents had money, you know, but I'm like, oh, you know, they didn't even work for that, this and that, but their parents worked hard to get what they had, you know? Yeah. I was like, but I was a kid, I, I didn't think about that, I was just like, oh, he has nice things, I'm gonna go and take it. Yeah. But, like, now that I think about it, I'm like, you know, we all work hard for what we have, you know? If we're rich or we're not rich, like, you know, I want to be rich. And, like, let's say I, I do end up being rich and then my kids are seeing, like, oh, you guys are privileged. Like, mm. they're not privileged. It's just I worked really hard to get what I have. Wow. And that's we don't see that because, you know, a lot of people, like, like, Jovan, like, you say, you I'm from the hood, but I don't live there no more. Mm -hmm. So, like, let's say your kid goes out there and they're like, oh, you know, that kid's privileged. But they don't know that his dad was from there, too, and he had to bust his butt just to get what he has now. That's a fact. That's a good point. That's a, and and, and, and think furthermore, like, when I was a kid... I, I, you know, if you didn't have J's or you wasn't fly, people would dog you out. <laughs> it's like, yo, I don't got no job. Like, you're <laughs> you're dogging me out for my mom's decisions, bro. And and the same thing on the other side. Like, just because this guy's dad became a banker and we're dogging him out because his dad. So we, as as youth, dog each other out for our parents' decisions. Yeah. Like, like, what do you guys think about that? Hmm. Well, honestly, we live in a really materialistic world. So kids are pushed to, like, kind of be in competition with each other, mm. you know? And I can see that with, like, my sister and her kids. She has a, her daughter and her stepdaughter. And anything that her stepdaughter gets from her mom, Genesis has to get, too. Wow. They have to have, like, kids, like, if you see them. And honestly, with a lot of parents, I'm sure they'll concur that you have to get them the same thing or else they'll fight because it's different. Something's better, you know? Yeah. So it starts, again, from home, from youth. You're pushed to want the be better thing, the bigger thing, and it doesn't matter how you get it. So you have kids like, oh, let's just take it from them, you know, by force. It's like we're in a day and age where it's like, yeah, life ain't fair, but they're taught the complete opposite. No, life is fair. Everybody loves you. You yeah, know what like, I mean? That's not it. It's and not once true. you grow up and you start seeing that, you're like, yeah, it's not. Doggy dog. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's really true. You know, like like when you said what happened to Nipsey, like it shouldn't have happened. You know, it would have been like sometimes like, I'm pretty sure his family still thinks like, dang, you know, like what if he was still here, he would have been making a bigger impact on the community. Because like we said, like his honestly, I listen to his music and I, you know, like when you grow up like in certain like areas like that and you listen to the music, you're like, dude, like this guy's spinning facts. Like, you know, like this is real. Yeah. And that's why I love like that's why I feel like art is like so underrated sometimes because you know, it makes you feel like it really makes you feel emotions. Like I listen to music. And it makes me feel some type of way. Like, I listen to sad music, it makes you feel more sad. You listen to drill and you're ready to yeah, drill. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, yeah. I'm going to ask you a deeper question. I'm going to move on with the Luther talking about community. Why, as marginalized people, minorities, we have the most practice living in communities? Okay, I can take you back to the slave ships, the slave huts, the communities they live in in, in slave times. Um, if you're talking about the, the Hispanic uh, migrations from Mexico to America together, right? Um, there's been trucks. There's been these methods of, of, of hiding, living together. Most of us fill the jails. We live together. Subsidized housing, we're together. Okay, migrant working uh, class families living in close-knit communities together. But yet it seems that we're still not very good at it. Why is that we have the most practice, it seems, of being in close quarters, but yet we struggle to do it? Because they think we're like sardines in a can when we're really just a bunch of eccentric fish. Oh. You know I mean? Some are in the more shallow part of the water, while some are in the deeper end, you know? But funny enough, the ones at the deeper end are the ones that are bioluminescent. So they're the ones that are shining colors. That's a fact. We can't keep a good thing down. 
That doesn't mean the ones in the shallow water can't be beautiful too, you know? Another thing too is that there's a lot of animosity. It's kind of like more tradition to stay together. Like I know like my mom and her yeah, siblings, they're all cool. here. They're all here together, but I haven't seen my aunt. I barely saw my dad um, this Monday. I hadn't seen him in months. Oh. My siblings as well. There's a lot of animosity, you know, that the, they don't really confront. Um, but we're all still here in the same town, and I don't know why I don't see them. You know? Or it's like, um, like from like you know, you're talking about family. Like my family, you know, they don't talk either. It's like they have like their own issues. And like I remember, like I was telling my sister one time, she had like beef with my cousin, and then she was telling my mom, and I'm like, why are you telling her? Like if you have a problem with her, you go tell her. Like Nancy, yeah. that's how you solve it. And like I remember, she got mad at me, and I'm like, I'm just saying, like. If you want the problem to be solved, you go like directly mm -hmm. to the it, like what's causing that problem. Scroll master. Yeah, but if you're like if you just if you're gonna beat around the bush, like that problem is still gonna be there, you know. Mm -hmm. I was like, talk about it all you want, but the problem is still gonna be there. Wow. Like you gotta address the problem to fix it. But that's like you know I feel like our families, you know, like uh, Latino families or whatever. A lot of the times, like you know, they argue or whatever, and then they just stop talking. Like you know, what? I'm not gonna talk to. Them. I'm like, bro, like, you can Black families, it. too. Yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> like I'm not, I'm not going to talk to them. But I'm like, you, if you guys really want to be together and, like, solve these issues, I saw, like, my family has a lot of problems, but I talk to everybody. I try to stay out of that. I'm like, you know, I don't really care. Like, I'm living my life. You live yours. You know, we're family. So we're going to, you know, we're here to basically bring each other up, not kick each other down. Why is that so hard to do in our communities? Mm. Honestly, too, it's like kind of a more, I think about how it's laid out too, how this town is laid out, has a lot to do with it. You think A-side, those houses are jam-packed. Like there is a lot of um, like lower income actual houses on the east side, but you come to the west side, it's all spread out. It's all pretty, you know, it's taken care of. But I feel like on the east side, when you're around a lot of people who are all like tense, like they don't have much, there's gonna be, I guess there's not gonna be the want to need to help your neighbor. So, we were talking about all these things that are going off um, with Luther, and it opened up the door to all this um, dialogue, right? You guys still good so far? Yeah, yeah. we're doing yeah. great. We've already laughed. We've already cried. <laughs> Just that's why we needed the break. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we needed the break. We started tearing up. Yeah, we were catching a fade out in the, um, in the ballroom. <laughs> all right, cool. So, I want to keep going on this idea of community, and I have a few more questions for you guys to give me some takes on. Um, I think it's cool because you don't really get to see a lot of youth like you guys that are so real and raw and vulnerable talk about this stuff. So let's just keep it popping. With it? Yep. All right. Um, let's talk about the notion of community love in our communities. Um, you could tell that Luther in this thing was taught. He, he didn't say it directly, but he was talking about like people hating on him. Like, you know, I'm going to be yeah, here. I noticed that too. And, and, and we get like that, right? He, you know, he, nobody was even pressing him in that moment, but he was like, nah, I'm going to be here. Your kids love me. Like, that's, you know? <laughs> I was like, whoa. <laughs> Is there a hater amongst us? You know, and it wasn't, but it was just that he had obviously been so over indunuated with haters. Um, why is that such a common theme in our communities? Hate? Yeah. I feel like it's more envy Oof. than hate. You know, it's like, it's like I say, you know, you have it, why can't I have it? You know, it's like, I, I keep going back to this because it's the truth. Like, a lot of That's times, a good point. you know, like, I see, I see, you know, I can be envious sometimes. And I'm like, bro, like, what is this guy doing that I'm not doing? I think it was, I think it was 50 Cent, but he said something along the lines of, like, People think I'm like cocky or arrogant and prideful, but really it's more of just like they don't understand who I am. They don't know how hard and what kind of mindset I had to put myself in to get to where I'm at. 
And obviously, I think he's kind of arrogant. That's what I'm saying. But at the end of the day, there's some fact in there. You know, you you can you can get, you can get facts from literally anyone. X facts. And that's that's the hard truth. You know, mm. it's just knowing who to take advice from and stuff like that. And I guess how that ties into hatred. It's like, I guess it's like that. You know, envy. It's more envy. And I guess that does lead you to hate. You know, after a certain point of just seeing like the green eyed snake of jealousy, you know? or yeah. what? Yeah, you're like, it's like, hey, how, how's he doing it? How come he ain't sharing the recipe with me? You know, why yeah, can't I be doing like that? Constant disappointment, <laughs> but they get lost in the sauce and don't realize they're disappointing themselves after a certain point. You know, like you could do stuff too. And it's like, I'm pretty sure, like, the people, like, you know, that, that were hating on Luther or whatever, he was tight with them. If they asked him, like, hey, bro, like, how are you doing this? I'm pretty, like, I'm pretty sure he would have been, oh, you know, like, I'm doing this. I'm doing that, like you know, kind of break it down to them. Giving up the game. Yeah, but um, people don't do that. They just hate, like you know. Then I, I don't even. They don't Especially, even take the time to go and ask, like, hey, you know, how do you do this? I've I've noticed too, like people like Luther, um, when they're in fields like that, like dance and stuff, they don't get that kind of respect for sure. Why? Like, why? 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 Because I think it's like. They're not a. They they can't see it. They they can't. They don't have the vision. You know. That's 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 the only way I could put it. That's a bar. Cause then they're like, okay, so you're 34 and you're like dancing. Yeah. You like, know what? How that's are you gonna doing? get some money off that? Yeah. Like for real. Like, he's already went on tour like last week and made some money to take care of his family. He got this dance group. So. Yeah. It's like you know what that's doing. It's making me bread first and foremost, and second, I get to love my job because I'm inspiring children to do the same thing or just take it and do what they want with it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, it's like I say, like a lot of times, like people will be like, um, I remember I had a manager at one of my jobs. I was like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm gonna go do this. It's gonna be a little less, but you know. And they're like, oh, well, it's going to be less. Like, what about your money? And I'm like, honestly, I was like, I don't really care. Like, as long as I have enough to make a living and feed my family, if I love what I'm doing, I don't care how much they pay me. It's like a personal decision, huh? Yeah. Passion versus, um, you know, how much you want to make. So it's like, I could be making here $100 an hour, but I hate this job. Mm. And it's like, I could be making over here making 50, but I'm going to love it. I'm, I'd rather take the 50 and love it than get 100 and just hate my life for the rest of my life. I know yeah, that's right. I think, because I can get 100. Yo, and, and it's like, and it's like, I heard this quote on uh, YouTube. It was a, uh, it's better to live a short, happy life than a long, you know, not so happy life. It's like, it's yeah, exactly. It's like <laughs> everyone's looking for capital, but they're not looking for the capital within their soul. You know, like you can have gold in your heart, man. Right? That's where it's supposed to come yeah. from. You know what I mean? You're not supposed to get gold so you hoard it in there. You're supposed to have insurmountable amounts that you can shell out to anyone who wants it. <laughs> all right wow all right, i feel like just jumping across this table and tackling <laughs> that's how beautiful that was dog got it and these are the type of thoughts and mindsets that change the world um we're going to keep going in this lane of luther and, and his cultural offering but let's talk about this real quick the positive and negative offerings of inner city culture on the world through hip-hop okay Ooh. not dance because dance, it affects the world a little different. Let's talk about hip-hop. How does hip-hop in the inner city as an offering affect the world? It has totally affected the world in a positive way. <laughs> but it also, let's be honest, let's be, let's be balanced. It has affected the world in some negative ways, too. Mm. What y'all think? Um, 
I think at the end of the day, they all mean love, but there's definitely people out there where it's more of a narcissistic kind of like, oh, you're not a fan of me? Then I won't drop music. Uh. It's like, bruh, you realize these are the reasons, these people are the reason you're getting your wealth uh. in general. You can't be so selfish about what you're entertaining people with because one, it's not you because uh. you're working for someone anyway. Uh. And two, it's like, these people are looking to you for gems, you know? It's kind of, it's just, I find it kind of mean, you know? <laughs> just, okay. just mean. Let's take it further. Little Dirk, King Von, these type of cats, drill music. Drill music. Yeah, they're talking about a reality, but are they feeding that reality? And is that reality feeding each other? Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, to a certain point. Um, well, it's like you say, you know, I've listened to some drill music and I'm like, you know, it slaps. Yeah, you know? <laughs> and, and it really makes you like, lie. like, cause a, a lot of, makes like, me want to kill somebody. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of the hip hop, like, you know, like Dirk and them, like, you know, in music, they they spread feelings that they wouldn't be talking to their homies. You know, like I'm not gonna tell my homie, like, hey, you know, I was crying because this Ooh, this guy passed facts. away or something. You know, but like the negative behind that is that they don't see like what they're giving out to the youth. You know, like a lot of kids, like they hear that and it's like, um, who did I hear? I saw an interview with Six Nine and he was talking about how. I forgot who made a song about a Rico case. And he's like, how many times have you, like, did you, have you seen them catch a Rico case? And they're like, no. He's like, but they're spreading that message and the kids are going to be like, oh, you know, they're doing that. So now they're going to go out and do it, thinking that that's what they're doing. But deep down in reality, the, the artists aren't doing that. They're just trying oh. to make money, you know? <laughs> but, we're, but you know. Is that artists, terrible? I, I think it it's is. terrible. I think it I is. I think it's like, terrible. You're just spreading a fake message. So it's like, you're telling me like, oh, you know. Jacking people's cool, this and that, but you're not doing it. Yeah. So then I'm gonna go out and do it because I thought you said it was cool to do. And then when I go and do it, I go get I locked get up trouble. or whatever. <laughs> yeah, but you're out here living life, you know, getting millions off of what you just fed me. And I thought you were doing it, but in reality, that's, you know, you never even lived that life. What you think about that, Jay? Um, you know, <laughs> I think you have to project yourself at all times in order to draw people in. Because at the end of the day, you, you do have a pool. It's just people kind of ignore that. You know, they ignore that sense of self because they're either too preoccupied, like following something they may not even know is a lie. And then once that lie comes crumbling down, it breaks their whole world. You know mm. what I mean? So now just imagine like, you know, we're talking about love. Now just imagine how those people feel when they see someone who used to rob with them, used to do all kinds of stuff with them. You know what I mean? And now they're actually making a change in their life for their self. Okay. How different they may seem now. It, it kind of hurts. You know, it's personal. They take it real personal. Like, oh, so now you're doing well and you can't, you can't share? Uh. You know what I mean? And it's like, well, it was never intended to be shared. We we're supposed to do this together. Mm -hmm. Let's touch on some of the inner workings now too then. It's like, cause now that you guys have both said that, it's like, what about the inner working of A, the culture of snitching? within mm. our community. If me, look, look, look. <laughs> if you kill somebody and I ain't did it, I'm gonna tell you right now on this podcast, bro. I'm telling. <laughs> I don't care, bro. I'm telling, I'm not going, I'm not going. Snitch, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not going, where the camera at? I'm not, wait, <laughs> I'm not going. I'm not going, I I'm not say, going. I will say that- You'll get frowned on for the rest of your life for that. Yeah. What do you guys think about this? I mean, I see 6 9 like, you know, that. 
They yeah, Gun is a perfect example. You know, he was mm-hmm. rapping hard, this and that. You know, Young Thug's my homie. And he's in court saying, you know, yeah, we're a gang. <laughs> and they're saying it's not snitching, but I mean, I don't know what I, you know, I don't know what you call it, but, you it's, know, in the streets, it's, snitching, <laughs> it's, it's called snitching. But has hip hop made rules that don't apply to the larger world? Yeah. And make people have to live in this microcosm of, look, bro, if you killed somebody and I didn't, you need to go to jail. Yeah. Not me. I, and if I get out, I have to live like a snitch for the rest of my life and I can never be uh, looked at as cool again. Is that right? Hey, I'm starting to see all kinds of stuff. Talk about it. Um, I guess like hip hop and all these other different genres of music even, they're more so like microcosms of a world. You know what I mean? It's almost like when you enter this world and get something out of it. It's not, that's why they're getting it misconstrued. It was started because of a culture, not to be a culture. Bam. You know what I mean? Bam. These people, yeah, got lost in the sauce somewhere down the line, whether it was due to selfish tendencies or systematic trash. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, it was meant to destroy and it's doing its job just fine. And that's what's annoying because everybody sees it. It's just, what can we do if silence has power too? You know, but I feel like you know, like like you, you're talking about snitching. You know, like mm-hmm. um, like like you said, if I go kill somebody and you didn't do it, but like let's say you're still kicking it with me and you knew I was gonna go kill somebody, like mm. instead of you talking me out of it, you're like, all right, I'm gonna go with them, and then let's say I go kill him, and then you go tell on me, like, <laughs> what the heck, bro? But if you're not like like you know, then <laughs> I see something I mean, like what up, the bro. heck, but. <laughs> If you really had nothing to do with it and then you end up telling on me, like, I think you did the right thing, bro. Like, mm-hmm. but if you're in that crowd and then, like, you go and tell on them, like, bro, you knew what you were getting yourself into. What's a trickle down effect to a four year old kid that just entered preschool, got punched in the face? Teacher asks who did it and he can't say. So he gets bullied for the next five years. Ah, <sighs> oh, that's hard. <laughs> that's hard. <laughs> this is the trickle down yeah. effect of a culture that's cool at the top yeah. but forgets everyone else at the bottom. It forgets everyone that's not rich. It forgets everyone that's not a killer. Everybody in the hood is not a killer. Some people are hustlers. Some people are ball players. But you all have to think like a killer. Think like a gangster. Mm-hmm. And, and, and should we have to think like that in order to survive and thrive? Absolutely not. But in this day and age, it really is an eye for an eye. And it's been that way since, like, humans. You know what I mean? Like, since the Bible. Yeah. Like, you read the Bible, bro, and Fact. you see, like, you know... It's crazy in the Bible, you know. I don't want to like talk about the Bible, but I'll talk about it. You know, it's Old Testament, common. even God is like, it's an eye for an eye, you know what I mean? But then New Testament comes in and it's almost like, no, don't worry about it. Just forgive regardless. Uh... Now we're being taught an eye for an eye now because things are starting to get a little serious. And the last generation was being taught forgiveness, you know what I mean? That was their privilege. Now our privilege is actually seizing or maintaining or keeping or whatever you want to call it, grabbing that power for ourselves. It's just, we have to realize it's being handed to us. You know, it's not for to be stolen, I feel like. Everybody wants to steal. It's funny, the whole podcast is talking about stealing and this love and stuff. And to be honest, we're stealing love from each other. Wow. Is the culture engineered to hate those things that are positive? Because when a guy comes out and says, yo, love your brother, like, help him out, like, feed his mother, that dude is just like, oh, he corny, like, yeah. he's black, like, anywhere he tries to do something good, 
So even though this culture's done so much good, is the ideology behind it negative? Because if you start talking about that real and you really want to heal, I just made a bar. Uh, if you're talking about that real and you really want to heal, that's doo-doo. And that's nobody wants to hear that. Maybe because people don't want to hear simple anymore. You know? Is it's, love simple? No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, um, for me, since I like storytelling, you know, I've definitely noticed storytelling now is like, Let's let's try and make it as intricate as plot driven themes everywhere. It's not as simple as like, oh, it's a tale about saving a woman from some evil man in a castle. You know what I mean? So it's like they took that and then let's write it as complex as we can. I feel like we've done that with ourselves, too. You know what I mean? It's like we we understand love, but it's more of like a backhand nature that we don't really care to see because we're too busy staring at our palms. Wow. And when you see like most artists that blow up, you know, you're not, they're not going to be talking about love and, you know, compassion and kindness. They're going to be talking about drugs, girls, yeah, money, sex, sex alcohol. Like, and like, that, I mean, you know, it sucks to say, but, you know, like that's what the media pushes on us, you know, like here, do this, do this, do this. Is that what we gravitate to or is that and, what we And that is what we gravitate to. Because okay. like we Both. see like, yeah, like we see the videos and the money and we're like, dang, that's cool, you know, like. And we start, but once we hear like, um, like artists, like I don't know if you heard Lecrae. I know Lecrae. Like bro, like bro, he goes hard, bro. Lecrae's hard. Like he, like Trey's hard. hard. And I'm, I'm Andy Minion. Oh, okay. And I'm pretty sure the Reach, the Reach Records. Yeah. 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 And, and and they're hard, but like if you ask people, like nah, you know, they're, they're not gonna know who they are. Yeah, yeah. Bro, but they're spreading a positive message. A fact. You know, so instead of them blowing up, they're having all the other people that you know they're not doing all that other stuff. Mm. And you know, if we if we actually had like figures like them, you know, like artists that were like spread spreading a positive message. Why know, they not getting the platform then? Uh huh. Why they not getting the platform then? Because they're there. Because they don't say bad Ooh. words. Man. Coming in hot is is <laughs> one of the top songs in the country. Just got used in a McDonald's commercial. Just got used on ESPN and played on All Star Weekend. That's true. Craig had a number one album. But he's like the only, like honestly, he's probably like the only artist that I could say that yeah. he actually did something with it. Because he, he has like tight, he has songs with tight all the sign in them, and I feel like you know using those artists and like he's still spreading a positive message mm-hmm. is what they should be doing. You know, like use these guys, but you know, kind of like have him gravitate. Because if you listen to that song, tight all the sign didn't like he. I don't even think he cussed mm-hmm. in it. He didn't let anybody. And with, that's why I was like, what the heck? Like you know, I've never heard like tight all the sign and these people like going these songs. I'm, you know, they're not cussing. Yeah. yeah. So that's why I feel like if he started going with like, you know, like Drake or something, you know, and he makes a song with him. I mean, Drake, he he's like half and half, you know, he makes love songs, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Drake is the perfect example Drake. of what we're talking about right now. Why? Facades, why? bruh. It's Ooh. like, oh yeah, I'm look at how we started. All we gotta do is just watch a music video from like 2010. Best I ever had. Yeah. yeah the little letter is Isn't it? Isn't it weird how like he almost has like a swag, but it's almost like let me just take it off now. Let me be all like, not not that it's bad to be feminine or anything like that. That's a whole other conversation. It it's is. more of like, bro, do you realize how petty you're being? Mm. Like, did you hear about that stuff with like him arguing with like Anthony Fantano? The dude literally just reviews music on YouTube and he's over here like having a whole disc, like just arguing like a girl, bruh. Like, why are you? <laughs> Is that that Luther though? Is that that Luther where Luther was getting, I got your kids, I got this, I got that. Yeah. Because he had been hated on so long that he started to feel like he needed yeah. to. Is that Drake? That's and true. I'm just asking. I'm just asking. I don't know. 
That's a good Do you, that's Once a you good get tired of getting hated on, bro, because I get hated on a lot, too, in the city, and I don't say anything. I'm always, like, smiling and just being like, okay, you know, you're dumb. I can give you <laughs> But uh, at the end of the day, like, sometimes you want to pop your stuff. Yeah. And, and, true, and, yeah. and does that happen when a culture makes you feel like you got no choice but to swing back? You ever finally fired on your brother after, like, 10 years of torture? Yeah. Keep it real, it feels good. <laughs> <laughs> Back him up off you, right? Feels good to fight. Nobody talks about that. Mm. It's a bit. Why does it feel good to release this aggression in our communities? Touch that there. Mm. Like in hip-hop? Because it's all or, about... Or our marginalized communities? Hip-hop's all about families. letting out like that steam, like that aggression, you know? Has it gotten out of hand? I'd Why? say so because it started off intellectually. And now it's like, let me just murder like it was talking about why do we murder now it's we murder just because that's mm-hmm. mm-hmm. not there's not Public much like don't murder there. i yeah. remember, remember yeah. we were talking about i was like you know when people fight you know then they get angry like before it was like all right you know i'm gonna see you again and we're gonna fight again but now it's like if i see you again i'm gonna kill you like bro <laughs> like just like, like just fight bro like you know like letting off that aggression i feel like you know a lot of people say oh you know fighting is bad but i like watching boxing and stuff like that you yeah, see like they too, lose yeah. bro and like they, they go about their day all right i lost Bro, when back. you see stuff like, I forgot what match it was, but like, they were literally like on their knees, like bowing to each other, stuff like that. Yeah, and it's like, Super you know, sportsman, like, what yeah, happened to Anderson sportsman? Anderson Silva was like that. Yeah. Anderson Silva was big. Yeah, he, yeah. Was, bro, he would destroy his people and then oh like. Oh my, bro, he's so <laughs> scary when he's in the fight after. It's just. He's like, he's a nice guy. Yeah. But then here comes a guy like Jake Paul, takes advantage of the culture and, and gets everybody dialed into how disrespectful can I be. Yeah. XXX Tentacion passed away. We watched him die. Because it's, it was interesting to watch him die. Why does our culture love I think that? People, because it's intriguing seeing people change, I feel like. Mm-hmm. And once they get the target that's going through that kind of like metamorphosis, it's like, okay, we finally seized him. Or, okay, he's finally like up above. You know what I mean? It's never like, okay, he's here. Let's allow him to speak even. You know what I mean? It's like, bro, just shut up. It's just be quiet. Always, even if it's something good, you know what I mean? Wow. That's, that's a good point now that we talk about it because it's the love from the community, right? Most of the people who want to do exactly. something good in their community and for their community get backlash. Why? Because somebody's always got an opinion in our communities. And here's the thing. We have our families. We start out with our families having an opinion about us. And we resent them for it. Then we grow up and watch other people and always have an opinion about them. You can always find somebody to have a critique about somebody that's doing more than you. That's true. I'm going to let that sit. I I don't speak on people that do more than me because I don't know what all they're dealing with. So when I see somebody above me in our community or in our, I I be careful about the type of opinions I offer about them because I've never seen life at the level of influence and authority that they may have. So I'm always quick to shut up and be like, man, I don't know what all they're going through. I don't know what they understand or I don't. Let me just watch and be patient. Why is that so hard to do amongst us? Because we live in the fast world, probably. Mm. Everybody wants to get to from A to Z without going through the actual alphabet. Mm. I, I seen an interview with Tupac oh. where it said uh, the, he was like, he's like, this generation is more like of a gimme, 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 mm-hmm. and not a like, a, oh, you know, I'm gonna take, I'm gonna give you some, you know. We're more like just give. We want us. We want it for ourselves. Like, cause I know, like when I was younger, you know, whenever, like we we're talking about jacking people. When you're jacking people, you're thinking about, oh, give me, like I, I want it, I want it. So when we think about like things like this, it's like we don't really think about, like you say, what situations they may be going through. You know, what what's going on in their lives. 
we just think about ourselves. It's this is what I think. And you like are only responsible for like your cat. Yeah. And you're and you know what I'm saying? Or 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 some beef jerky. And then somebody else has a load of responsibility and you're offering opinions about how they could do it better. And you have Ooh. no idea. <laughs> we don't talk about parents putting that kind of pressure on their kids for that too. Um, like growing up, I had all kinds of pressures. Now that I'm <coughs> growing out of realizing like I did not need to worry about that. In all reality, all I did need to worry about was what my parents were telling me, bro. High school, school, and grades. You know what I mean? Just doing good for yourself. Does a kid worry about that when their parents like going through all kinds of crazy stuff with their spouse or getting beat or mm-hmm. even just one, Feels yeah, like. living with their grandparents? All kinds of anecdotal nuance. You know? Relationships, death. That's crazy. Let's switch lanes into this thing because the last point you just brought it segue perfectly um, is about authority figures in communities of marginalized people, right? So Luther talks a little bit about it being difficult to raise kids that are hardened and that he almost gives this tone where he has to be a little bit more uh, rough around the edges with them, I guess. That's yeah, the best way to put that. that is is that a, let's examine this oh, idea oh, of also, tough, oh, go ahead, go ahead. My bad. I no, jump in, jump in. I, I did you notice that. he also made a differentiation between the girls and the boys? Mm-hmm. That's also a pretty good like topic, that is. too. That is. I feel like in the marginalized communities, boys are made to feel as if they need to support regardless of whatever wow. they're going through. For the women, it's like they get to be the princesses almost, you know? Until daddy... You think so? In a way. I let think me, women sometimes it. get the shortest end of the stick in the whole world, bro. I, I think so, too. But here's the thing. It's like when daddy's not there, you know what I mean? It's like, okay, now I need to be a man. Is that fair for a girl? Absolutely not. Is it fair for a guy? <laughs> there you go. Is it? I don't, I don't think so. I don't either. But it's so something where do we get, to where, keep his butt at home. Yeah, where do we get the fairness? You know what I mean? It mm. always starts with the parents. Yeah. Because a single mom... From what I just saw, man, like single moms are the most loving moms in the world, but nobody talks about how sometimes that love is suffocating. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Especially, at least if you're a boy. Yeah. You know? She's doing good for her kid, but she's dying inside. Yeah. yeah. And it's hard for the boy to watch because you know how almost in this weird sense, like how girls feel and you want to make them feel better, mm. you know? Wow. What do you think? Honestly, um, I, I don't really know. To be honest, you guys' points are deep. They're they're really accurate, bro. Like it's like you guys say, you know, women should have to deal with that, but neither should the guys. Mm-hmm. You know, and I feel like, um, like you said, you know, whenever or was it you who said that whenever like that's why the dad should stay there, you know, and like actually be present in that life. Cause I've like being like what I'm studying in, like I've seen the studies that show like when a dad or the mom is not present, you know, they the youth tend more likely to you know, have trouble in school. Risky stuff culture. Like you know that, what you the know? good point is? Uh, we, we talked about the parents a lot. What about the kids? You know, he, Luther, he's watching over the kids. Mm-hmm. And he's he's almost talking as if he almost has to parent them. Like, they kind of just threw that responsibility onto him. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it? having a dope coach and having a dad is still two different things. Yeah, yeah. but what happens? You get a piece of a dad, but he's still somebody else's dad. He's going to be more of a dad to yeah. his own kids than he's going to be to the you know. So where where do you think that fine line is drawn for for the love in your community and like almost having to parent someone who isn't 
yours, you know? The kids but still get wanna... a piece of the action. But it's like he said, I I heard him mention that, um, what did he say? He, he said something along the lines that uh, that some of them think like, you know, if your mom, if my mom doesn't tell me anything, then you can't tell me anything. He did say that. Yeah, so and, yeah. and, and so he has true. to be more rugged with them. Yeah, cause yeah. but then some people see that and they'll be like, "Hey, why are you doing that with my why kids?" He's you being know, too like, rugged with the kids, but it's like, is that necessary in our communities? That's what I was getting at. So we're, we circle yeah. back anyway. What do you think? Is it necessary for a kid that doesn't have a dad and and is having a little rougher to have that authority figure to be like, "Hey, yeah, sit your butt down," you know? Like, like you don't know if he's gonna fire on you or not. Because like, as annoying as it is to admit, I think. Yeah, yeah. It kind of like like uh, it balances out, you know. Like they think that they can do whatever they want, but when they have a figure like that, they start to see like, oh, you know, I can't. You know, at least with him, I can't. You know? Okay, then, okay, okay. Check when, this out. No, no, keep going, keep going. Keep <laughs> go going. Ahead, go you, ahead. you got my mind going. Okay, so you got that figure, right? That that figure back in school, and he's like, sit down, sit down, and you're like, okay. <laughs> but then when you're in the jam, you also are kind of scared to go talk to him. Oh, that's so on the one end, he's got your respect, but then when you get in a jam and you're really doing something and he's like, What's going on? You're like, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you don't tell him Jack. <laughs> so what do you think about that? Ah, oh, oh, dude, that's, that's tough, huh? Because on the one hand, he's got the respect. He can come in the room and shut it down. That's when it comes to self. Don't be afraid. Speak up, you know. I was afraid. <laughs> I was afraid too. I didn't know if this was gonna beat me up or what not. I had like a PE teacher. I respected the crap out of him, but I never told him nothing because he was too hard. I was like my dad. You know, like that's how my dad was like, he'd always like, oh, you know, this, this, and that. And like, anytime I did something wrong, you know, I was like, dang, you know, I'm gonna get it. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna get it. But that's he was like, he was so strict, you know? And like, that kind of like kept me like a balance. Like, I knew I can't do these things, but I, like you said, you know, there were things that I had the situations that I needed help, but I couldn't go to him like, hey, you know, this is going on. Cause I, like in me, I was like, if I tell him this is going on, he's gonna. He's gonna beat the crap out of me, you know. He was structurally reliable, my dad, and I hope he doesn't watch this. But <laughs> but he wasn't emotionally reliable. Yeah, and it's for me. Um, my dad, he's he's definitely more emotional than probably your dad's. But oh. at the end of the day, it's almost like where is that emotion when you when I need it, or even in times of like when you need it. Yeah, emotional. He took up all the emotional yeah. real estate. Mm -hmm. And you weren't able to get no equity in that house. Yeah. Wow. Well, you know what, you guys? I just think we just had a one heck of a talk amongst men. I think a lot of men could glean from what you guys are saying. I think you guys are both really, really insightful and smart. Um, I appreciate this opportunity. A privilege to rock with y'all. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for dragging yeah, me along. Thank you. Um, you guys are dope. Um, let's make this podcast hot. Episode one is a wrap. <laughs> you're going to see soon. We'll be back. On the podcast, the name is Voices for Kern, a podcast presented by Time for Change. We out. Peace.